Desiree's awake. Come on, everybody. Come on in and find a seat. It's Wednesday night, and we're live. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand up, everybody. We are going to say our faith confession over the United States of America. How many thinks that we need it? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to put a plug in for my warfare prayer group Tuesday morning this week, 9.30. You know what we prayed for America? We prayed for the corruption in the government. Don't you think that was a good thing to pray about? Yeah, the Lord thought so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, you ready for this? Here we go. Father, Father we, come we come to you, to you in, in Jesus' name, name and in, in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media in every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, well, you may be seated. Praise God. Well, Pastor David and Pastor Katie are in uh, Plano, Texas at uh, Gerald Brooks' uh, minister's thing, so that's good. And also, I want to remind you that coming up October 29th, what's happening here? Harvest Fest, just for High Desert Word Center people, and if you happen to bring somebody. But we're not doing our three dollars to $5,000 outreach, okay? Not this year either, but we want you guys blessed. So, Pastor Dave told me that we need more candy because he said they packed 176 bags today, and we want to pack 200. So, you need to bring in some more candy, okay? Are you ready for that? More candy. More candy. Say that with me. More candy. Ah, okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, guess what time it is? It's happy time. Praise the Lord. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and our ushers will get one to you. Tonight we're gonna um, we're gonna read to you from Proverbs chapter ten, verse twenty-two. Proverbs ten twenty-two, and I'm in the New King James. I love this scripture. Just been ringing in my ears all day long. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, being rich could mean different things to different people. It doesn't mean to me that I'm going to own a mansion on a hill or drive a Mercedes or have my own airplane. It doesn't mean that to me. Mainly what being rich to me means, being born again, having all my kids serve the Lord, that's that that's rich to me. But also, it does mean that, you know, he's going to supply all of our needs if we're tithers and givers, because that's the condition. If you're looking at Philippians chapter 4 there, he says, if, you know, Christians go around quoting this all the time, oh, my God shall supply my needs, but they never put a dime in the offering. So guess what? It's not going to work for them, because there's a condition. And you go up a couple of verses before that, and it says, if, if you're a tither and a giver, then I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, you know, God won't be mocked. So you got to read the word. you got to read it right and accurate. Amen. 
Otherwise, you're just you're just deceiving yourself. Okay. Well, let's read our financial faith confession, and you can bring your tithes and offerings up here, and then Josh is going to lead us in worship. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on up and let's worship. Yes. Come on up and let's worship. Amen. You rescued me and called me by name. You conquered the grave, you crossed the divide, lost in our sin, you made us alive. How could we ever hold it inside? We can't hold back, no Lord. So we're gonna lift you higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like the fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. Never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like the fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop singing. Never gonna stop singing. Are we the tribe of Judah? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So every tribe, every tongue confess. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. 
Every knee we will bow to the risen King. Lift him up, lift him up. We're never going to stop singing. No, we're never going to stop. High, high, hearts burning bright like the fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. Never gonna stop singing again. We're never gonna stop. High, high, hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop singing. Raise your hands and worship him. He's faithful. He's faithful to you. All right. And I know the night won't last. For your word will come to Great is your faithfulness, 
teaches on it for healing, and of course we teach on healing all the time, but I'll tell you what, it's time, it's time for us not just teach on it, but it's time for a lot more people to get a hold of it. You know, I was talking to Mrs. Pastor, I whispered in her ear right while I was worshiping, I got to thinking about something, I'm going to be teaching about how to receive healing tonight from a way probably that uh, a lot of you haven't heard it before, because I want you to get it, but uh, I, I looked over and whispered, I said, did our kids have childhood diseases? She said, no. We do the word of God. We stood on it and all the measles, mumps, chicken pox, that stuff. We just passed it up, refused to get it, so they didn't. And I said, well, what kind of doctor bills did we ever have? I said, if I recall right, the only doctor bills we ever had, how many know my son Joe? He's a United States Marine because he's a rough, tough guy. The only doctor bills we ever had, I think about two times, maybe three times, because of his wildness, we had to take him to the hospital to get stitched up. But our kids just didn't get sick. And, you know, for one thing, back then, it was a whole lot harder for us to do doctors and medicine like a lot of people do now. We believed in them, but we didn't have any money. And so we just got our kids healed, and we kept them healed. And today, you know, I, 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 all I'm saying is today the Bible's the same. And the same word of God that worked for us, that kept us healed healthy. If we got sick, got healed real quick, will work for you if you know what to do. And so that's what we'll look at tonight is, uh, matter of fact, the title of it is, as I put my glasses on, Laying on of Hands is Foundational Doctrine of Christ. Laying on of Hands is a Foundational Doctrine of Christ. Now write this verse down. I don't think I'm going to turn it here, but Hosea 4.6, some of you may be familiar with it. Hosea 4.6, God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Has anybody ever heard that verse before? God said, my people 
are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And when I think about that, God could have said all the people on earth are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He didn't say that. He said my people. And when we we study God's people in the Old Testament, of course we know the Hebrews, the Jewish people, when they were with when they were in Egypt at bondage to Egypt, when God came across Egypt and judged things, God said, I want the people of the world to know there's a difference between my people and the Egyptians. And of course, Egypt, when you know the Bible, is a type of the world. And when we, and when we were sinners before we come to Christ, we were slaves. Not to Egypt, but to Satan and sin. We were slaves. And so, it's, 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 a type, it's a type of deliverance from Egypt when we're delivered from the world. The Bible says when we're born again, we're delivered from sin. We're delivered from Satan's bondage. And when you know the history of Israel, they didn't come out of Egypt, just come out of Egypt. They come out of Egypt to go where? Into the promised land. When we come out of Satan and sin, we got a promised land called the New Testament. New Testament's had a lot of promises, and we know that when Israel came out, they had giants to fight. But God told them, you're well able. He said, I've already given you the victory, but you've got to do the fighting. And 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says that we as Christians have got to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. We fight the good fight of faith. And we learn how to fight the good kind of faith concerning sickness and disease. We can win every time because Jesus, when he forgave our sins, he healed our bodies. Multiple verses on that. We teach that all the time. But because I'm not going that direction for uh, reteaching you a lot of things we've taught, I want to look at this one particular area. So open up to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. And... You know, as, as I was praying about this this morning and writing some things out, I was thinking about the attack there's been on Christian families in my church. In the body of Christ, people I know, especially the children getting hit over and over and over and over again. The children being hit with these attacks, and so are a lot of the adults. But we can win, guys. If we'll do what the Bible says to do, so I was thinking that many Christians fail to receive because they don't know that healing is a major part of the new covenant. Healing is not just a just a byline; it's a major part of the new covenant. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read the Book of Acts. Healing was taking place everywhere because Jesus showed us what to do, and so when Christians follow Jesus. They're going to get the results that Jesus did. I'll show you that from the Bible. And then so Christians have got to learn what belongs to them. But then even when they do know, they don't know how to receive it. They don't know how to receive healing for themselves and for the loved ones. Even if we teach so many times that this belongs to you, you've got to know how to get it. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to get it. How many know that? Amen. You know, and I was, I was thinking... I know Wednesday nights we got to we got to keep a slow we got to keep low. But I was thinking I'd like to pass the mic pass the microphone around and ask how many people this past season have laid hands on somebody and seen them healed or laid hands on yourself. And I'd say a majority of the people that consistently attend here can testify how they've laid hands on somebody 
and seen them healed. I mean, you know, it's just laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed is easy as saying 2 plus 2 is 4. 4 times 4 is 16. Because it's Bible. And when you, when, you, when you follow the Bible, do what it says, you get the results the Bible says. How, how many know that Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, being saved, born again, is the will of God. And there's nobody that's going to cry out and say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you're God's son. Forgive me my sins, come in my life. But God's going to say, nope, not this time. He says, whosoever. That means whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus, they shall be saved. Well, divine healing is a part of that package deal too. Amen. Isn't that good news? Amen. It makes me feel good about it. I'm so glad all the money I've saved on doctor bills for years and years and years. But Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2 and the title again, I'm going to tell you again, because I'm going to say this several times till you get it, laying on of hands is a foundational doctrine of Christ. And so chapter 6 of Hebrews, verse 1, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. He's getting ready to tell us about some of the principles of the doctrine of Christ, and doctrine simply means teaching. So when we're talking about the doctrine of Christ, we're talking about the teachings of Jesus. He says, let us go on to perfection or maturity. He said, let's go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation. Now, he said, here's the foundation, some of the foundational principles of the teaching of Christ. Repentance from dead works. How many know you got to repent and get saved? Faith toward God. Amen. you got to have faith in God. That, that's a doctrine of Christ. Now, the doctrines of baptisms. Water baptized, uh, baptized in the Spirit. There's doctrines of baptisms that Jesus taught. And of what? Laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. Says that says that's a foundational doctrine of Jesus Christ. And you know, I think I think so little's been taught in so many churches about laying on of hands, they don't realize that this 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 is a characteristic of Christian maturity. It says so let's go let's go on to maturity, he said, not laying again the foundation of the doctrine of laying on of hands. And so it says that's a mature, it's a characteristic of maturity as a Christian when laying on the hands is a part of your life. It's a foundational. That's part of your foundation as a Christian to be a person that knows what it means to lay hands on somebody and get the results that Jesus did. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says it's foundation. And so the Lord wants me tonight to really, number one, if you don't have this in your, just as easy as you say two plus two, four times four, as easy as you can breathe or anything else, if laying on a hands is something that you unconsciously, automatically are ready to do all the time at the first sign of sickness, you need to get this in you. I kept my kids healed for years and years and years and years, kept them healed until they got out on their own Then they had to use their own faith. It's kept Mrs. Pastor and I healed because we know what to do, what Jesus taught us to do. That carries all through the New Testament. I want you to look at that again. It's all about the principles, the foundation of the teachings of Christ, baptisms, faith, repentance, and right in there with them it says what are, what are the foundational principles of Christ that he taught 
was laid on her hands. And so, according, you know, let's, let's put it this way. If you're going to be blessed as a Christian, it's not an option. You've got to have faith in God if you're going to be a Christian. And it's, it's really not an option if you're a serious Christian to be baptized. That's a foundational doctrine. It said repentance. That's a foundational doctrine. Well, right in there in the same thing, he says it's not an option. You've got to get a hold of laying on the hands. And you know, the reason I'm driving this home so seriously, I don't like to see the babies and the young people in my church being sick all the time. I want to start seeing more healings take place. Amen. I mean, I, I look at all you young moms out here. I look at you dads. I look at you grandparents. And I know how it breaks your heart when your kids are sick. I've got grandkids that have been hit real seriously this past season with sickness disease, and I'm tired of it. And you know, when I'm talking, if it sounds like I'm upset, I am not at the people. I'm upset at the ignorance that people don't know. And I want to deal with the ignorance because sickness and disease is not something we have to accept and put up with. Because Jesus paid the price for us to be healed. And like I said, I could go down that road and teach you teach you dozens of scriptures about why healing belongs to you. Bob's going to show you one way to receive healing tonight. But he says that laying on of hands is a doctor to Christ. And so we've got to get a hold of that. And so I believe if more believers understood this teaching from the Bible and then practiced it in their everyday life, practiced it in their everyday life, they would knock a lot of sickness dead in his tracks and receive healing much quicker for them and their family. You know, for my family, I know that uh, the way I've taught them for years, and I learned this as a baby Christian, at the first sign of getting hurt, of a sniffle, of a sore throat, of a diarrhea, of a bellyache, or whatever it is, at the first sign, my hand immediately hits my stomach, hits my head, hits my sinuses. And say thank my family, and we do our praying, release the anointing of God, and then if we still have to do doctor stuff, we do doctor stuff. But I put first things first. The spiritual should always be the first step. Act on the Word of God should always be the first thing we do, and then follow through with natural actions. Amen? Amen. How many believe the Bible is the final authority? And so we need to be more doers of what we see in the Bible than just hearers only if we want the results the Bible says. You know, we always use tithing as an example, not because we're asking for money, but we know God said bring the tithe in the storehouse or rebuke the devourer. And so you can't go around claiming that God's rebuking the devil for you if you're not a tither. That's because you have to put first things first. That's the same thing what we're talking about here, about the healing. How many here are really just... I don't want to say sick and tired, but you've had it with the sickness in your houses. You're done with it. Amen. Well, let's, 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 just, let's just jump into this thing and watch real close tonight, take good notes, and then start doing more and more what the Bible says to do. And so I want you to go back to Matthew chapter 8. And actually, actually, that's how this started this morning. I read chapters like Matthew chapter 8 every day. I read healing things consistently because I like divine healing better than I like sickness. 
I would rather keep my money to spend on my grandkids, spend on my wife, than I would to give to doctors at pharmacies. I'd rather have my money to use how I want to instead of have to be a debt on somebody else's money. Amen. How about you? And so, the, see, there's more than healing uh, than just being sick. It, it steals money from you. You use for other things. So in Matthew chapter 8, keeping in mind we're talking about that healing is a foundational doctrine or teaching of Jesus Christ. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, I'm not going into a lot of uh, exhortation on these verses because I want to paint a very clear picture for you how real laid on hands is as a New Testament doctrine. And so verse 3, there was a guy who had leprosy come to Jesus, and Jesus put forth his what? His hand. His hand had touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And what happened when he put forth his hand? Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. How many have ever consciously thought about that, that Jesus, before he told us to lay hands on the sick, he did it first. He did it for three and a half years of public ministry, laying hands on people. And you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what I started doing probably at least 35 years ago or longer, every time I get a Bible, I can't open my Bible and show you, you got too many notes in it. But as I studied the Gospels, when I see verses where Jesus laid hands on people, right behind it, right beside that verse, I write hands and point a line to it. When Jesus heals somebody, I write healing, and I put a line to that verse. When Jesus says things like, your faith made you whole, according to your faith be done to you, I write beside it faith, and I point to that verse. And so today, when I went to put this letter together, this, this sermon, I, I went through my Bible, and I just got a few choice verses to get the point across about laying on of hands, how prevalent it is. And so Jesus laid his hand on this man, and he was healed. And then look over verse 14 and verse 15. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand. He touched. What do you think he touched her? His hand. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and ministered unto them. And so Jesus laid his hand on the lady with the fever, and the fever left. How many here would love to see the fever leave your kids without all the Tylenols and the worries and the baby stuff and all that stuff just to see it gone? We did. Over and over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times we laid hands on our babies when they got hit and we would see within the hour Everything started going down, 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 down. And then we could sleep good. They could sleep good because they wasn't crying and burned up with fever anymore. How many times did we lay hands on earaches and see those earaches leave? Over and over and over and over again. And it just hurts our heart to see sick kids. It hurts our hearts to see moms and dads all messed up with fear and worry because their kids are all sick. But right now we're teaching the Bible. And I want to tell you again, Hebrews chapter 6 says this is not just a little byproduct. It's a foundational principle. It's a doctrine of Christ. And so we see there two instances. And I want you to go to chapter 20, verse 34. Chapter 20 of Matthew, verse 34. We could spend the next hour and just go to verse after verse after verse. But I just want to look at a few of them. 
for the picture I want to paint for you tonight because the main goal tonight is for you to get a hold of this and see enough of it how it pertains to you. You know, I, I, I hope you take the Bible like I do. I take the Bible as Jesus personally talking to me and telling me what to do. When I read Bible verses, even when I read the Old Testament, I see things in there, and the things I see that God told people to help them, when I'm praying, I look at that thing, wow, you're talking to me. If I do what they did, I'll get what they got. I, wa I want to get God's best in my life. I don't want to spend my time, wasted time, have to pray all the time that somebody won't die, have to pray all the time that somebody will come out of it. I want to be able to get the results that Jesus said I should get. Amen? And so Matthew chapter 20, verse 34, some blind men were blind. At verse 34, the end of the story, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. That's laid on the hands. He touched their eyes. He didn't just touch their hands. That's the thing about laying on the hands. You know, I, I taught Hill in school for a lot of years back in Indiana. I never really felt led to do it here. I wanted to, but God never did have me do it. But one thing I learned about laying on hands, let me ask you this, and this is not a setup. Don't embarrass. I never do anything just to embarrass somebody or make them feel stupid because they thought to do the answer. This is a real simple question. How many here are born again? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Okay, hold your place and look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. But Jesus laid hands on them, all these blind men, and they were healed. You see that there. They received their sight and followed him. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And this is Peter talking about Jesus. How do we know that Peter knew Jesus pretty well? He traveled with him every day. Okay. And Peter said, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus was a man, but he was God. He was God, came down to live in an earth suit. And so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were pressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to notice something here. Jesus was anointed because he had the Holy Ghost. And God was with him because he was the Son of God. How many here are a son or daughter of God? Okay. How many here have the Holy Ghost? Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Then you're anointed. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. It says Jesus could do good because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. You've got the same Holy Ghost. There wasn't one Holy Ghost that Jesus had, and then you get a different one. There wasn't one anointed that he had, you get a different one. If you're a son or daughter of God, you've got the same Holy Ghost. And you know what he could have said if it's modern times? He could have said how God anointed Joshua of Barstow, California, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And Joshua went about doing good and would overpress the devil, for God was with him. How many here believe God's with you everywhere you go? I want this to sink in. I really want you to get this. I want to start seeing some healing work in your families on a higher level so you can have what God has for you. You've got to think about this. Jesus 
was the Son of God, but it didn't say, writer, how, how Jesus from heaven went about doing good, how Jesus from Nazareth. Because Jesus came down from heaven, he lived in an earth suit as our substitute. Jesus was all God, he was all man. And Philippians chapter 2 says that Jesus laid down his godly powers from heaven to live as a man, to be like as we are, yet without sin. And so Jesus did nothing because he was special from heaven. He did something because he came down as a man. He left his powers there. He came down and says God anointed him then. At Jesus, when you see Jesus in Matthew and Luke, Jesus didn't do anything to was baptized in the Spirit when he was 30 years old. For 30 years old, there's not much history of Jesus. At 30 years old, when John the Baptist baptized him in the River Jordan, it said the Holy Ghost came down on him like a dove. And then from that moment on, Jesus began his ministry. And so Jesus got anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good. I want to ask you this again. And, you know, this is just speaking to you because we want to jerk the slack out of your tails, man. Let's get this thing going and let's start getting what God has for us and our families. How many here have the Holy Ghost? And you want, want me to tell you something? Because one of these doctrines of Christ is faith. You don't have the Holy Ghost at anointing because you feel it. You have the Holy Ghost anointing because the Bible says that you have it as a believer. And so you don't say, well, I don't feel anointed. I cannot tell you how many times I go to preach for Jesus and I don't feel anointed. I can't tell you how many times I've had a prayer line up here and I felt just as dead as a doorknob. And I call people up here to pray for them and I'm thinking if nobody was watching, I'd turn around, I'd lay hands on me. Because these things don't work by feeling, they work by faith. They work by faith. What is faith? Faith is taking God at his word and doing what he says. And when you do what God says to do, and you know, tithe is still such a good example. It takes faith to tithe. But then you do what you do, then God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. I'll take care of that. Because you do what you do, not because you feel like it, because the Bible says it. And that's what we're talking about, these hands right here. And so Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good. And who did he heal? All that were oppressed of the devil. And when you begin to really learn spiritual things and get a revelation of spiritual things, you're going to understand Satan is behind all sickness and all disease. Either one of two ways. Sickness and disease was brought into the earth when man fell in the Garden of Eden. And so then this natural thing, these natural sicknesses were not here until Satan brought him in, so he was the author of sickness. Or sometimes there's an actual demon present. And sometimes you have to take authority over the devil and cast the devil out. Somebody gets on and try to hurt him. So it's either one of two ways. It's either sickness because of the curse, and we're redeemed of the curse, or sickness because of the demon. Either way, says Jesus was anointed and healed all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. You've got to get this thinking in your thinking. God does nothing because you're so spiritual or you're so good. God does everything because Jesus broke the power of devil and sin and the curse over mankind. And then we as believers 
take our first step of faith to receive those blessings and benefits by saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. I want to live for you, Jesus. I need you. Once you take that step, then everything else you do and receive from God is the same way. You see it in the Word of God, and you see your baby laying there, and you say, Jesus, I'm a believer. I've got the same Holy Ghost you had, and we're going to see some things as we continue on this process tonight. But you get to the place where you say, no way, no way, no way. Satan, take your hands off my child in the name of Jesus. We belong to Jesus. You have no rights in my family. We're tithers. You're rebuked. The blessing of God's on my family. And I say no in Jesus' name. And I just want to thank you, Lord. My hand's on my son, my hand's on my daughter, and your power's flowing. And whether I feel it or not makes no difference. The Bible says it. And we're going to see that in the Bible more and more as we look at it. That's how it works. And we proved it in our lives, all of our Christian life, over and over again. Now look at John chapter 14, verse 12. I want to ask it again. How, how, how many believe that the Bible is God talking to you? How many believe that Jesus knows you personally? Amen. And, and you know, you, you can't help but think about verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. Sickness and disease and getting totally messed up in life are evil. They're not good. So that can't be God's plan. And so John chapter 14, verse 12. Now look at this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Okay, stop right there. I'm a Bible teacher, and I teach you how to understand the Bible to help you. In my Bible, right there, I circled that first part of that verse, and I wrote, he's talking to me because I believe on him. This is how you receive the Bible personally. When it says things like that, he that believeth on me, you recognize, now wait a minute, he's talking to these disciples. He didn't say, now I'm talking to you 12. He told the 12, he's not talking to everybody that believes on me. And so he's getting ready to say something to me in the 21st century because I believe on Jesus. I want to ask you again, I said, yeah, do you believe on Jesus? Okay, then say these words to me. Say, Jesus is getting ready to tell me something about me because I believe on him. Okay, don't swallow your false teeth. I had to break this up. You're getting too serious. Okay. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. The works that I do, shall he do also. Jesus said, if you believe on him, the works that he does shall you do also. Think about that. We just got through seeing in the book of Matthew, everybody he laid hands on, they got healed. We saw in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, says he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. What about doing good? That's good works. Doing good, healing. He called that good works. Healing. All that were pressed to the devil. We saw that about Jesus, and now he turned it around, started talking to Desiree, started talking to Walter, started talking to Monica, started talking to John, started talking to Chuck and Heidi. He's talking to all of us. He says, guys, I've got the answer for those sick babies. 
I've got the answer for that injury. I've got the answer, older people, for that arthritis. I've got the answer for that hard of hearing. How many deaf people did Jesus heal? Everyone that came to him. How many blind people did he heal? Everyone that came to him. That was good works. That says right here, if you believe on him, I don't want to lose you now. Listen to me close. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is for you. The works that I do shall you do also. Laying on of hands is a foundational doctrine of Christ. He laid hands on people over and over and over again his entire earthly ministry, and they got healed. He just told us that if you're a believer in him, that the works that he did. I praise God that we didn't have money. So that wasn't a temptation to have to go spend all of our money. We'd have any money to go spend. And back then, the doctors didn't give you credit. You either paid or you didn't go, at least where we came from. And so I'm so grateful to know we didn't have to choose between driving the car or going to the doctor for the kids. We could get them healed. And I want to say that again. I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad about anything in life. I'm saying this because we knew we had the answer. We didn't have to wait for some pills or something to kick in, and they have to deal with the side effects. The only side effect laid on our hands is healing. Mrs. Pastor read Proverbs 10.22, Bless the Lord makes you rich, no sorrow with it. Bless the Lord gets you healed, and no sorrow with it. And so he says, uh, the, the works that he do, shall, the greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He said, even greater works, because he goes to the Father. And what's it mean? Because he went to the Father, it means he died, was raised from the dead. And when he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit down, and that we can be born again. Amen. Is that good preaching? This getting into you. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. The first Christians that listened to Jesus did what Jesus did. And they got the same results. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 7. And this is that crippled man. And when you see the whole history of it here, he was over 40 years old. He'd never walked one day in his life. And so it says, verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but since I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. He took him by the right hand. That was laid out of hands. The power of God was in Peter. And when his hand got hold of that man, the power of God flowed through his hand into that man's body and healed him from being a lifelong cripple. And it says, lift him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Laying out of hands is foundational doctrine of Christ of the New Testament. Look at chapter 4. Well, don't go look at chapter 4, verse 22. It just tells that man was 40 years old. And so Peter was a believer before he was an apostle. He simply did what he heard and saw Jesus do. Look at chapter 5, verse 12. 
Now that's something we've got to remember, that these guys were believers, then God made them apostles. I am a believer. I was a believer a long time before I was a preacher. Then God made me a preacher. And so it doesn't make any difference what the title in life is or what the calling is. Anybody to be used by God has to, number one, be a believer. And so the believer is where the power comes from, not from the ministry office they're in. Amen. He said that believers will do the works that he does even greater. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 12 says, And by the what? By the what? The hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And so the apostles did what Jesus had to do. They laid their hands on sick people, and they got healed. Look at chapter 9, verse 17. And this will prove my point about the believer part. Before the apostle, verse 17. And Ananias, who was a church member, an everyday believer like you, Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hands on him, putting his what? His hands on Saul. Said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so Ananias wasn't some famous apostle or preacher of the Bible. He was an everyday church member believer like you're like me. And God used him to lay hands on Saul, who became Paul the Apostle, everyday church member. And you know, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a low calling at all, but everyday church member. That'd be just like God coming up and saying, Doug, I want you to go lay hands on this man and lay hands on that man and he becomes Earl Roberts or Billy Graham or whoever. See, it doesn't make any difference who you are. God's who he is. And we're not the healers he is. But he uses our hands. We have to make our hands available and know what we've got. At, at, at every opportunity... When I was a truck driver, I can't go into all those stories. I was a truck driver 28 years. When I was a truck driver, I cannot tell you how many times out in the workplace, in factories, warehouses, truck docks, stock rooms and stores, I laid hands on people I didn't even know, some people I knew, and they were healed, 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 healed. Because I, I, was, I was Bernie Samples of Mason and Dixon Lines at my first trucking company, of Mason Dixon Lines. I went about doing good in the Indianapolis area, killing all the press of the devil that came my way because God was with me. And it worked in my home. It worked out my mission field. Ananias laid hands on a man who later wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, These signs will follow you that believe. If you're a believer in Jesus, you do the same things. And so we get to Mark chapter 16 verse 17 and 18, the place that most of you, if you've been around full gospel churches, any length of time at all, have heard this verse here over and over, and you probably thought this was the only thing in the Bible about laying on the hands, didn't you? How many knew there's that many verses just a little bit of time it took tonight about hands? Amen. Did you know there's that much in the Bible about laying on hands and we didn't even scratch the surface? It's a foundational doctrine of Jesus Christ. 
Verse 17 and verse 18. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. I've got to tell you this again because it's going to help you to get more out of your Bible. Right there, I circled that again in red. And I wrote, Jesus is talking about me because I'm a believer. I take the Bible personally. If Jesus said there's signs supposed to follow them that believe, and I believe, then I've got to make that real where it gets off the pages, gets into my heart, and changes my thinking, where I recognize that Jesus gave me authority. Jesus delegated his power to me to use his name and get people healed. So these signs follow them that believe. He said, in my name, it's never in the name of Bernie Samples, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers, somebody else. Every one of those preachers that we look up to do what they do because they do it in the name of Jesus. In my name, and it tells a lot of things there, they get down to the end of verse 18. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they'll go around saying, well, we're just hoping for the best. I don't hope for the best when I lay hands on the sick. Jesus said they shall recover. When I lay hands on the sick in this prayer line, in a hospital room, in the Walmart store, I pray for a lot of strangers in the local Walmart. When I pray hands for people, lay hands on people and pray for them, I tell them, now you need to change what you're saying and start saying, I want to thank you, Jesus. I've had hands laid on me, and I'm getting better every minute. I'm getting better every minute. I'm getting better every minute. We laid hands on our babies. We say, Jesus, I want to thank you. We obeyed you. We laid hands on David. We laid hands on Josh. We laid hands, and Lord, thank you that Josh is getting better every minute because you said he's recovered. Amen? And so, see, I'm telling you how this works. And he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You have knowledge from the Bible. You have authority and power from Jesus and the Holy Ghost. You've got to start doing what Jesus says. And I just want to say this one more time. We are not opposed to doctors, medicine, medical science, or anything like that. But we always put the Word of God above everything else and the name of Jesus. And so we do what he said to do. And if you don't see results within a reasonable amount of time, you got to get to the doctor. You got to do what you got to do, but give God the first chance. Let us do his part. And then let me tell you something else, too. Jesus is the one that gave doctors the wisdom they got, he's the one that gave medical science the wisdom they've got to make the things they do. And God is not embarrassed for you to go to a doctor, let the doctor say, you know what? Just like happened to my, uh, which one of those got that concussion? Was it Sam? Pastor Dave told you a story. Two or three months ago, Sam climbed up on the cabinet, fell off and hit the floor. Whack! Knocked him out, messed him up, took him to Barstow Hospital. And they said, he's got a concussion. You need to get him to Loma Linda. So they got him down to Loma Linda real fast. Got to Loma Linda. Loma Linda said, I don't know what they saw up there. There's nothing wrong with this boy. What do you think it's because Barstow was inept? Or do you think it's because they saw what was there, but recovery was working, and by the time we got to Loma Melinda, it had taken place and it was done? Amen. So I just want to tell you again that Jesus wants your kids healed more than you do. 
He wants you healed more than you want healed. Laying on the hands is not the only way, but it's a pretty major, obvious way that Jesus made healing available. And so, how many have hands? Hold your hands up. Hold your hands up and say, Jesus, I want to thank you. I've got hands. I've got your spirit in me. I've got your anointing. And my hands are lethal weapons to sickness and disease and to demons. And Jesus, when I do what you said, lay my hands on sick people, I know it's not me, but it's you in me. And I know that the works that you did, I do. And I get the results that you did because you're the one that's doing the work. Hallelujah. Let's stand up just praise him now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. Joshua, we're ready to do a little something up there. All right. Uh, prayer team. I believe you're all empowered tonight to knock some things out of your family, knock some things off and get some jobs done. Amen? That's what we want results. And uh, we preached on laying on of hands. And we're up here, we got hands. If you got sick and you that hadn't left yet, let us lay hands on you. We'll knock it out, not because we're real spiritual, because Jesus is in us. And he told us to do what he did, and he'd back us up. So that's what we want to do. Amen? So if you need anything, come up here, let us lay hands on you and knock that out tonight. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence.
I don't know about you, I preach to be happy. Glory to God. I, you know, I, I, I just think about the Word of God getting to the heart of believers. They get a hold of it and then do it. The changes that take place in life. And I'm expecting to hear some testimonies over the next several days, weeks, of people saying, that night it all came together and I really saw where I've been missing what to do and my family changed forever. Amen? I expect, I expect to hear that. And don't be bashful about bringing testimonies in. I'm going to talk to Pastor Dave so we can start up Sunday night testimonies again and get that going. We need to be hearing some testimonies of what Jesus is doing. Amen? Amen. Well, let's do our, our uh, what we confess over now, Barstow. I don't usually do this part. Hey, are you laughing at your pastor? Laughing with me. Okay, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right, we ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.